Eli, I've got a great idea for the intro to this show this week. What are you going to do for the intro to this show this week? So I thought what I might do is instead of play the intro theme, I might do it, you know, a cappella. I might be this week's theme. I might do it myself. I'm ready for this. Yeah, Yeah, as long as I don't have to do anything. Mate, when do I ever rely on you to do anything ever? I'm just saying, do I You are a piece of snot on the end of a truncheon. That's what you are. (laughs) Shut up. Call back. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm a fake dick. You're a fake dick with a sad amount of sputum on the end of it. I'm a policeman's fake dick. Like cuckoo spit on a flower. What about cuckoo spit? It's like someone's uh, gone... And spat on a flower. It's like those slimy blobs. Those slimy blobs you get on... (laughs) Did you ever gaily run through a field and stretch your hands out, brushing across the tall grass, and yet your hands came back wet? And when you looked at certain flowers, there was like a foamy, spitty residue on the flower. Yes, It's called cuckoo spit. But do you know what causes it in reality? It's not cuckoos, is it? Sexy flowers. No, I think it's... It's some kind of uh, squidgy caterpillar or something. Oh, what? It's caterpillar spoff? Basically, it goes... And it's all bubbly, the little caterpillar mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. (laughs) And he moves down the stem. He's moving down the stem, building lots of bubbles, but it's all this spit. It's caterpillar spit. What a lovely kid's book that would have been. The spoffy caterpillar. Yeah. Caterpillar puke product. Yeah. Um, Page one, open it up. Caterpillar joshing off onto an apple. Page two, caterpillar spoffing on a froze. It's not spoffing. It's not spoffing. He's spitting. Page one, Caterpillar does a bubble of spit. Page two, Caterpillar does two. It's educational. It's a very educational book. Right. And then on page three, three bubbles of spit from the Caterpillar then. And you see we're building. We're building a, a, a little castle of spit bubbles by the end. And then what you could come gaily through the field with your arms outstretched and go, Ooh, a cuckoo's spoffed on my hand. <laughs> Yeah. Are you just trying to avoid doing what you said you'd do and what we are all waiting for you to do? Right, okay. You get ready for this. Here we go. You ready? Paul Gannon <laughs> yeah, here presents we go. Yes. <laughs> the intro to Cheap Show as performed by Paul Gannon. Here we go. <laughs> yes, hello. Here's Paul Gannon. I hate you and your fucking noodle products. That's wrong. Noodle time. Oh, I hate noodles. You and your fucking noodle posse. I hate them. Cheap show. Noodle time. Off brand brand. Off off brand brand. Off Cheap show. Eli Silverman. Welcome to Cheap Show. Cheap Show. Cheap Show. Cheap Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cheap Show. I'm Eli Silverman. Paul Gannon's here as well with me. And uh, I'm not talking, I'm not going to mention that. How good was that? Bad. What do you mean bad? You said it wasn't accurate. That's one thing. It was spot on. It was not spot on. It wasn't accurate. I'm not having that. Just You just get away with doing your fucking mouth noise. Oh, I'll do my mouth noise in a rhythmic way. I've developed my spoffy mouth noise into a rattle. A little rattle. And then I do the rhythm on my mouth noise. And we're supposed to applaud that. I'm just going to move on. Yes. I'm just going to move on and introduce the show, which I'm just trying to rest back some kind of control over the fucking opening. But no. I have to talk about a caterpillar that spat. That didn't work. None of that worked. None of it. Right, you've got me in the mood. Cheap show. Golden Games. Are you really not going to play the actual theme this week? No. Good. <laughs> Welcome to Cheap Show. My name is Paul Gannon. And this is the Economy Comedy Podcast for your ears. For your we ears. go to the bargain bins, the charity shops, and power lands of Great Britain and beyond to bring you the treasure that we might find. What do you mean, and trash. beyond? What? We like stuff from around the world. This has not been run past me either. None of this. You said we're doing what, a the fucking... past five years of content you has said... not been run past you. No. The addition of and beyond, which is a cheesy gimmick of a thing to say anyway. I've said that before. Fucking for your ass. I've said that before. You're all jealous because you know you can't do the cheap show theme tune with your mouth. I fucking can. so you're all getting bitter now. No, I can. I don't care that you're trying to bugs bunny me on this. I can do it. 
I would do it. Duck season. <laughs> if I did it, it would be a magnificent feat of a cappella beatboxing. Uh, with, uh, do it. All right. Do it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> today, performing the Cheap Show theme on the Cheap Show podcast, it's Eli J. Silverman. Here we go. Paul, no, just do this bit. We can cut this bit out. But how does it go again? What's sort of the general, or just the general melody? How's it go? Um, Mate. We've been doing this for five years. <laughs> I know, but it changed. It doesn't go whoop, 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 whoop. Off Brad Randolph, off Brad Randolph. Yeah, I'm getting it. All right. I'm Come ready. on. You're just going to have to Can go with start? what your memory is. It starts with a kind of build up and then it goes, I hate you. And yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. There you go. And action. Ooh. Ooh, I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Off brand brand off. Off brand brand off. You're just going to have to learn to love noodles or whatever. <laughs> Paul Gannon. He loves Hilferman. And I go and I nuzzle. Stop That's... doing that. <laughs> and I nuzzle. That was like if Jimmy Savile did our theme tune. <laughs> Bruce Forsyth will do the cheap show theme for you right now. No. A dip, dip, dip. A dip, dip, dip. Big good game. A dip, dip, Cheap show. Marvellous, Anthea. Off that bad, off that bad, bad, off. Stop it. Stop it now. Right. There's a serious... I knew there was something that you're trying to stop me from doing. There's been a serious noodle incident. Noodle incident report with Eli Silverman. Sorry, sorry, Paul. Paul, can we cut this bit out? But I said noodle, but it's actually sauce. So Sauce incident. Yes. Sauce report. Hello. Welcome to Sauce Report. This is a independent segment within the cheap show uh family um just just to let you know about the legal side of things there i'm eli silverman and family is a legal matter paul are you are you in you you want to say subsidiary of the cheap show brand are you in this source report is this is this your source report no it's just a question is that a trick question is it meant to be is this your source report no, Paul. Mm. Paul. Mm. Is it my source report? Ipso facto, ipsy dixit. Ooh. Mm. It is one such a source report. Mm. By all means, if if you have a source report, by all means. Otherwise, I could do the actual source report that I've actually got, and you could stop fucking right, interrupting. I've, I've got a source report. What? I spaffed in me kex. You, That's my you source spaffed. report. You fucking spaffed. You done. You done a spaff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lazy, well, lazy, lazy, but it's true. No, can I, I actually... Have, it's pancake day in my pants, and I've got the batter. It's Shrove Tuesday in my underwear. And just like pancake day, you can toss my batter any time you want into a frying pan and eat it with mushrooms. What am I talking about? <laughs> squeeze my lemon. I squeeze my lemon onto my pancakes. Oh, on your jiffy. <laughs> on my pink pancakes. I spread my pink pancakes out and then squeeze the lemon on. <laughs> sauce report. do 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 yes. Eli sauce report. Thank you. Yes. In uh, the Guardian newspaper, there were 30 sources, lockdown sources. What does that mean? The sources people liked during lockdown? It was sources which you should try, yeah, during lockdown. Because you've right. got to, you know, source is the, is the way that you jazz up. You zhuzh up. Yeah. You give it a bit of... va va You give it a bit of sparkle. Give your food a bit of zhuzh You know, a bit of... A bit of... bit of glisten. Glister. Glister. I'm going to glister this. I'm going to glister right, this. You've kind of moved from, you've moved from flavour to uh, testicles. Sauce. It's sauce. It's all sauce, Paul. All right. It's all sauce. Spoff is a very special category of sauce, basically, isn't it? <laughs> it is a very special category. <laughs> is it umami? Yeah. Or is it more of a kind of hot sauce? I have never actually tasted any. But that's, that'd be a lie. But you have never that... tasted cum, even your own by accident or in a curious moment. I've tasted my own, both by accident and in more than one curious moment. So... Right. <laughs> I'm glad we got this I've got out. Buckets of it. This is not the source report I had in mind. I, 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 I treat my buckets of it like a uh, like cheese fondue. I take a little bit of bread and I dip it in. I'm gonna and vomit. Then I curl it round no, the bread. No, curl it round. Oh. Do you know how I know that's not true? What? Because spoff after a couple of days, it's rigid. No, mate. Nah, see, that's the mistake you make. You leave it a splitter splatter upon the ground, right? Whereas I keep it in like, you know, like the way they keep cement wet by yeah. turning it in one of those big kind of 
cement mixers. Right. I've got a spunk mixer. Yeah. And it's it's only little. You load into it and it just keeps it moving, keeps it moving. It's like a slushy puppy machine. How's it powered? What do you mean? How's it powered? I don't know. It just works. What's the... Oh, it just... Just doing it now. It just works. It's a perpetual motion spoff stirring mini spoff stirring. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's a some spoff kind... puppy slushy mixing machine is it some kind of and air- I just like a slush puppy machine I just pull a little handle and it all comes out onto a cup right and it's some kind of alien technology it just keeps going forever you've never oh wait there no it's solar power it's got a little solar power on it I've noticed just now oh it's solar power well this is yeah. enlightening Paul but what I was trying to, trying to say anyway what a great source report that was Eli great story I'm not stopped let's move on now you haven't everyone knows about my spoff mixing machine I'm going to fight you on this because I have the end of my actual source report to finish. All right, go for it. I will shut up then. Have you? Good. I'm just going to drink me coffee. Good, drink it. So, there was this 30 sources to um, to try. A lot of these, like the Exo source, I will have covered or mentioned before. There was Sambol. Right. There was something that's been shared with us quite a lot. Ghanaian Shito sauce. You heard of that? I have. Yes. And I can in no way find anything amusing to say about the name of that sauce. I really want to try that because I don't think I've tried it, but it's it's quite similar to an XO. It's sort of like a... What, sh- have you not tried? The, the Shito or Shito, whatever <laughs> they call it. <laughs> there are a few on there that aren't really suitable for cheap show. Like there's this new one... That I, in fact, the dollop have been advertising, but it's like 20 quid a bottle. So get rid Ugh, of those. Get rid of that. Well, I, my, my mission is to get every other source on it and and have a look at these lockdown sources on an upcoming uh, source report here on All right, Cheap no, Show. I'm Paul. happy with that. I'm happy with that, Eli. If that's what you want to spend your hard-earned money on during a lockdown, then I all, by all means, go ahead and buy all the sauce. It had QP mayonnaise on that list? Not not KP. No, QP. But if KP did do a mayonnaise, I'd definitely give that a go. It, the KP should do a sauce based on disco and call it KP in the sauce shine band. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's why you work in radio, right there. Baby, shake it up, shake it up. Baby, shake it up. Splash, 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 splash. <laughs> I wouldn't have even attempted a disco-based sauce pun but you attempted it we got there now uh jaffa cakes cherry yes, flavor we're moving on to another little segment now eli wants to uh, mention these he's going to give us a quick taste and review eli silverman what's on the docket today oh, oh have we closed the source report down officially now as well well yes source report is over source report is over uh there goes pegasus he's flying through through the sky back to whence he came the land of source Upon the horizon, it is the biscuit deer galloping over the horizon. The biscuit deer. Come on, I need a pun like Pegasus. <laughs> I'm a, that's a horse. I'm the biscuit horse. <laughs> I'm not as cool as the Pegasus, but I'm a biscuit horse. These are cakes anyway, Paul. Stop. Oh. Scrap the biscuit horse and come I'm up with... I'm the cake, cake horse. No, I'm the cake cow. Ooh. These are Jaffa cakes. Thank you. Thank you for your effort. Now, these are Jaffa cakes. No, do you not want me anymore? I'm the I'm the cake horse. You're not the cake horse. Fuck, get all this livestock out of the podcast. No, I'll gallop over off to the land of biscuits and cakes. Here I go. Straight out the airlock, please. Right. The horse is gone. Are you ready? Oh, no. It's the caramel rabbit. No, fuck off. I don't believe it. (laughs) Oh, Cadbury's caramel. Oh, Oh, Eli. Oh, no, sexy for a rabbit. Don't I I make you think of other things outside of chocolate, Eli? I I would. uh, I would. I just would. Okay, so don't. Cadbury's caramel. (laughs) No wonder it tastes so creamy. Or something, I don't know. Can I taste this fucking Jaffa cake now, please? Yeah, go on. <sighs> These are new cherry flavoured Jaffa cakes. The huff is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's in for the bite. They're quite nice. What kind of cherry is it? Because you know there's different types of cherry flavour. Like sometimes it's a bit medicinal, sometimes it's a bit no, glacé cherry. It's not like a, a very strong medicinal cherry at all. It's quite subtle. More on the sour end. It's like tart. Oh, tart. It's, they've gone for the tartness because that's what makes an orange Jaffa cake so nice, isn't it? It has their certain yeah. tartness to the... So they're trying to sort of mimic the tartness of the orange by having a Wait. tart. I like a tart, a sour cherry sort of taste it is. Is it just cherry or does it say wild cherry or something on it? No, just cherry. Just cherry? Mm. One day, we're going to have to do a league of Jaffa cakes. Mm. Cheeky, it says on it. Cheeky, Paul. Cheeky? Why is it cheeky? It says cheeky. Is it cheeky little? Because you're like, oh, 
Ooh, I'm going to be cheeky and eat three sleeves of these. That's not cheeky. That's what I call Wednesday night when I'm depressed. Oh, they're quite nice, basically. Out of ten? Eight. Good. Eight's fine. Do you have anything else you want to add to this part of the show, or can we move on? We can move on, Paul. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Right. In that case, just one little bit of housework then. So, you're in vision. The songs are still coming in. We've got a few more coming in in the past week. Ooh, exciting. Not listened to those ones yet, but I believe they're of a different ilk. There's more variety now coming in, which is Good. great. It's what I want to hear. Yeah. Two quick things. If you do send the track in, tell me the name of the track and also what you want to be called. So even if your name's Bobby, but you want to be known as the Jaffa Elf, yes. the rap Jaffa Elf, then write that down. That's what we'll call you we on need, the date. So, so we need an artist name or band name title. or whatever you want to call it and a title for the tune, yeah. please. Can be, could be the same thing, couldn't it? Could be like... Could be. Rat's Arse by Rat Arse, or like um, Red Lorry by Yellow Lorry. Oh, that's a clever one. And the whole song is Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry, Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry, Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry, Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry. Biddle on dee doo. Cheap show. Ding, ding, dong, ding. Shut up. Can we end this now? No, last thing, last thing is we put the 2020 Your Envision soundtrack up on Bandcamp for free download if you want to hear all the tracks from last year. However, some people have been... Uh, giving us money for that album and I thought what we do is we'll take all the money from that album and we'll use that to buy a prize for your envision this year Ooh. I don't know what it is yet but we will use the prize money to buy this year's winner a prize fantastic so there's real a real prize a real prize is it going to be music based I don't know I have, we, will, we can have a discussion about that at some point okay maybe we'll just get them I don't know like 50 quid's worth of meth that'd be hard to source would it I don't know anyone do you know anyone I haven't got a meth guy have you got a meth guy no one believes... Bill Donut has some. What? Bill Donut says he can get some. What's he... He's No, he doesn't. He's That's a... what he said to me the other week. He says he knows a man who knows a man who knows a man. He he's a, just lies in his bed, drunk all day. He doesn't know anyone anymore. No, but sometimes he's not in his little booth at all. I've gone by... What do you mean? And he's not there, and I've looked around the pod. Yeah, and he's not there. Well, where's Inchman? Larry's meant to be looking after him. Well, Larry's half asleep. What do you mean half asleep? Larry never sleeps. He's too busy giving out inches. He's giving out inches all to, He calls his wife. Yeah, all right, but he's still been very dopey recently. Actually, now that we're on the subject, Paul, Larry's been, you know, trouble in paradise. He's been like, you know. What? He's been, he's been making noises to me in private that he, about... he he's not happy about where, where, where he is in terms of providing inches on the show. If he could just there have... many inches If he could needed. just come... If he could just... You know, he could come and just do a few inches. That's all you have to do. He's meant to be looking after, after fucking donut. Donuts. Donut, yeah. Donuts, there's something wrong. There's a hole in the middle where donut should be. In the middle of a hole, a donut hole. <laughs> right, now you're going to stop quoting knives out. <laughs> right. Now, all I'm saying is, since we put Bill and Larry together... Mm. Something weird's going on. Larry's far more lethargic than he used to be. Yeah. And Bill's just off and about. Yeah. Something's going on. Mm. Don't like it. Strange. Yeah, very. <laughs> I don't know what to talk. I don't know how to end this bit. We don't have to end this bit. Don't try and we do us. No, we don't. We can just go there. Right, it's over. This bit's over. I don't know. I like to end on a laugh, though. You know, a laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Then we cut to uh, the sound effect. All right. Um, uh, Come on. Uh... Oh, Willy, Willy, bang, bang. Furry, furry monkey, Willy, bang, bang. He's gone upstairs. Furry monkey, Willy, bang, bang. <laughs> He's gone upstairs. He's gone upstairs. Where is he? Furry monkey, Willy, bang, bang. He's gone downstairs. He's come all the way downstairs. Where is he, furry monkey, Willy, bang, He's bang? He's going downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> He's turned around. He's turned around. Where is he? Furry monkey, Willy, bang, bang. No, he's gone on the mezzanine. He's gone on the mezzanine. <laughs> he's peering down. Who? Furry monkey, Willy, bang, bang. All right, is that a laugh? Fur- I'll say it again. I'll say it again. To be fair, Furry monkey. you were right. We should have ended two minutes ago. <laughs> <You> so should. <laughs> Just stop it. Welcome back from the sound effect. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. It's uh, time now for a thing we like to call. It's just a little thing, Paul. A little thing we like to call Tales from the Shop Floor. This is the segment of the show where you, the listener, writes in about your retail job. Something that happened. Started off with charity shops, not charity shops anymore. It's more like just general shops with shit. People read about it. Us, we read about it. 
We talk about it. Shit in shops. That's what this bit should be called. Is it shit, Paul? Is it shit this week? I am not renaming this segment, Is It Shit? <laughs> it's a strong title, you have to admit. So I read out a story, and paragraph by paragraph, I ask you, Is it shit, Eli? <laughs> and you go, Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a game. And then we could have a sort of um, a toilet-shaped little uh, shitometer that fills up and gets if it if it overflows before I've guessed is it shit or not then right. I've then I've lost then I have to mop mop up the shit is it shit well I think you've added Ooh. you've added quite a lot to this idea and not not all of it is good so Ooh. you can say is it shit and I go oh oh gotta get this right or else my toilet will overflow with shit uh, this no we're not doing that we're moving on we're not doing a sh- no you know what I've picked a story <laughs> this week that is not shit has not got shit in no no shit in. No spoff, no shit, nothing necrotic. No poo-poo? Uh, no, um, No. that is shit, isn't no it? No shit Sorry. and poo-poo, same thing, Eli. <laughs> what about pukies? No pukies. Oh, good catch. I nearly caught, I didn't catch that, but good catch. No snot? Sweat? No. Mucus? No. Uh, earwax? No. Scabby scalp? Flakes? Scabby <laughs> scalp? No. Uh, Anything else disgusting you want to list off? Bogies. Yeah, good. Thank you for uh, sleep. adding nothing. Crispy sleep biscuits. Crispy, Ooh. oh. Mm. Uh, my favourite thing to eat on my body. Dried flaky white stuff at the corner of your, your tennis coach's mouth. Tennis coach? Ear rind. Smeg. Yes, no, all right. <laughs> There's more. Bum fluff. There's not. There's, yes. I'd like there not to be. I'd like to just be able to read the letter. Belly button matter. I was, I was reading an article recently about how your clothes lose fabric over years. You know, they wear and tear. Mm. That Most of that fabric end up in a, in a man's belly button, usually. Well, it's because it's a vortex of hairs. My belly button is almost always clogged up with treasure. Yes. Is, the, is that the subject of this week's uh, Tales from the Shop Floor? No. Someone found a huge, a huge fetid wad of belly button fluff in the changing room and there was a little sign sticking out of it going fuck you next uh, this is my belly button fluff chew down on that and lick it up it's all squirty <laughs> never eli become political you can't do it now can you read out the letter please we're all dying to i'm hear gonna read this. out the letter yes Here we go. Let me pull the letter up from my dusty box. Ah, this is interesting. They've not given their name. Okay. Right, so Perhaps they're still, still employed in the place of employment. Well, let's find out. Dear Paul and Eli, long time listener, first time caller to Cheap Show. I want to keep my name anonymous for professional reasons, if that's okay. Although, quite frankly, I've been retweeting and promoting Cheap Show on my Twitter feed for years, and I am mainly followed by fellow lawyers. So perhaps the risk of professional damage is already done. Oh, the lawyer's gotten in touch. This is like. it. Tells from the shop floor is getting legit. It is, isn't it? I'll see you in court. Tells from the shop floor. Crime edition. Chunk chunk. I'm ready. By trade, I'm a criminal barrister. The lawyer kind. No longer the coffee-making barrister kind, he's put in parentheses. <laughs> uh, uh, who is this guy? We don't know what his name is. Can I just call him John? Call him John. It'd be terrible if his name was John, though. We're just <laughs> talking about him freely. Let's call him John, yeah? It may or may not come as a surprise to you to hear that my job is in fact very cheap show adjacent. I'm still relatively low down in the ranks and so much of my job involves going to court to represent people accused of minor and petty crimes. The courts are all old and falling apart and the entire criminal justice system is totally underfunded. Mm. Yeah. Now is not the time to get on my soapbox, but when people think of lawyers, they think of wealthy fat cats who make an absolute killing and drive nice cars. Well, that might be true if you work for a big company in corporate law, but folks like me in the low end of crime often work for less than minimum wage. Fucking hell. With the expectation that justice is done quickly and on the cheap. It is a world of charity shop justice and very on brand for cheap show. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's really terrible. The world of low-level crime frequently veers into the scatological and bizarre. And I've been wondering for a long time which tale to send into Cheap Show. There are so many war stories that you hear spoken about on the grapevine, such as the man whose defence to being caught having an, an intimate moment with a sheep was apparently that the sheep had backed into him while he was having a piss. Well, that happens quite a lot, you know. You're having a piss um, and you think, oh, uh, I'll just jiggle that off. I'll jiggle the, I'll, I'll shake the lily, as it were, get rid of the excess yeah, 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 yeah. droplets. And it's like, oh, that feels really nice. Oh, I'm erect. Oh, there's a sheep backing into my cock. 
with its arsehole. It has some kind of arsehole clamp. I don't know how that got there. I don't know how that it's, works. It's attached to the wool on either side, and it's sort of vicing open this sheep's arsehole. Right. So it makes it easy just to slip on when it backs totally by accident into this funnel I've built in the fencing where they can only go yeah. down there. And my mate John, who's uh, who's pushing him from the other side onto my dick. Not guilty, Your Honour. <laughs> Not guilty. Yeah. It, it's the old, I yawned and caught a load of spunk in my mouth by accident <laughs> as I was tying my shoelaces in front of a man in a, in a car park. No one's going to... No one's going to go to court and there's not going to be a lawyer going, I put it to you that you you were drinking cum, will they? They might be. Your witness. Now, Mr. Gannon, is it or is it not true that you were found with a whole load of cum upside your palate and I had to give it the scrapey side? <laughs> what are you talking about? What kind of court's this? <laughs> it's the court in my head. I'm the judge. Oh, scrapies. Palate scrapies. Donk. I'm the pallet scraper. Murderer. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what? hell. Uh, so- sorry. What? It's more likely going to be public indecency or something, isn't it? Yeah. If you're in the middle of Tesco's car park, mouth open, as another man with his pants down round his ankles pulls at his penis until he ejaculates into your mouth, I think that's a crime. Yes, that's a crime. I agree. Okay, you win. And afterwards, once he has come, it's also a crime if I rub my tummy and shout, yum, 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 who's next? <laughs> yeah. I put it to you that you did a slimer in the hot dog stand on... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get that slimer in the hot dog stand. <laughs> I call it. I pulled a Mr. Stave puffed. <laughs> now, come on. What's the next one? That was good. If there's a few more of these. Let's get through it. Dirty protests, leaky dribbles and fecal smearings are sadly both commonplace in this job. And I know you've heard this from former policemen who've written in before and they do a very difficult job. Eventually, most of these cases end up in court where they have to be spoken about by people like me without everyone falling apart, laughing or gagging. Yeah. That was, What are you doing today, darling? Oh, I've got to go into court because a man fucked a sheep and uh, these two men smeared poo all over the wall of Wimpy's. Yeah. This man and sells kids. Uh, <laughs> right, the good. I'm glad I laughed on that one, Paul. It was more the rhythm. Yeah, thing. I'm <laughs> glad you did too. <laughs> this, the, the rule of three there. <laughs> yeah, I was banking on that, to be honest, because I was going into a nosedive with that. Yeah. He continues, I could tell you about the man I saw during my early days in the job, whose defence to being caught by police lurking in the bushes near a playground in a state of half-dress was that he had a particularly bad infection in his balls. And then there was the recent Santa Claus flasher. Yes, there was one. There, I'm oh. sure there's countless Santa Claus flashers. Anyone who wants to dress up as Claus and like, you know what I mean? They got, they must vet the shit out of them now. Our lawyer friend continues. Instead, I think I'll share the horror story, which I've been told by a more senior member of the criminal bar. I know Eli enjoys a good kebab, so I hope hearing this doesn't deter him. Now, it's that time with the show, Eli, where I say, is it shit? Uh... Could well be shit in a kebab, which I'd like to hear about, actually, because that's a that'd be a good one. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the Nothing story. Nothing could put me off kebabs, mate. Nothing could. They're a staple. Let's find out. The story goes that a local kebab shop had been getting complaints about dubious curly hairs being found in the food. Oh. <laughs> what first, is it about pubes it's... that's so sickening? What is it about pubes? Oh. If you ate a kebab and you pulled a big pube from between your front teeth, it would put you off food for a while right i didn't guess pubes in my whole list of stuff that could be did i wait the story's not over yet eli let's continue at first it seemed like a simple case of staff not wearing their hair nets on the job and practicing decent hygiene the hairs only seemed to be reported in the donner meat taken from the big rotating spit eventually the complaints got so frequent that the local council and the police started to investigate. When investigators downloaded the CCTV footage from inside the shop, they found that the hairs had not been coming from the heads or beards of the gentlemen working in the shop. The footage showed a much more disgusting truth. I am told that the manager had been a bit lonely, and after a long day's work, once his staff had gone home, he could be seen to lift the big brown slab of meat off the spit and place it on the counter. Investigators then saw him look around no. before using the hole in the middle of the still warm meat hunk for another purpose. Wow. Yes, wow. he was fucking the kebab meat. He was fucking the elephant's leg, man. <laughs> 
when he was done, the meat would go back up on the spit for the next day's uh, customers. Can't he wipe it off? <laughs> he probably rinsed it out like a flashlight under the hot tap. Uh. <laughs> No, you couldn't. Needless to say, he was shut down after this revelation. I don't think that the mystery ever reached a courtroom because the man accepted his fate. Clearly the kind of case that Detective Jimmy Biscuits would have blown wide open. Thank you again for the brilliant podcast. I'll keep my eyes peeled for any more further tales from the courtroom floor. Best wishes, cheap, anonymous criminal lawyer. Great. That's great. That's the real deal. You know, about all four of the things he mentions could be a little uh, tales from the shop floor on on their own, couldn't they? But I'd just like to say one thing about that last story. Yeah. Uh, they said it never went to court. And it's like, if you find yourself sexually attracted to the elephant's leg kebab donna thing, you're in the wrong game, aren't you? He must have known. It's like a self-sabotage thing. It's like, I'm going to fuck this food. I don't want to be a kebab shop manager or owner. I don't know what I want to be, but I don't want to, you know? He's angry, is what I'm saying. He's angry. He's trying to, it's, it's a subconscious sort of thing where he's angry with the being a kebab man. Do you know what I mean? No, he I disagree. He wants to fuck the kebab man hole. And he's fucking no. himself because he's the owner. He's, he's like, oh, I hate this business. I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil the, the food with my... If you did, no, no, that's not true. Because if you did, you'd just do it out in the open during a shop day. You'd be standing, legs sprayed upon the counter, spoffing into the salad bar. That's how you do that. Here's what I think happened. One night after work, everyone was gone. He was on his phone looking at porn and go, oh, oh. So he thought, what can I do? So he found like two burger baps. And he put his meat between that and started humping it. And it was all right, but it wasn't quite the same. So then he moved on to the wrap. He started, you know, piling in the lettuce and stuff, nice warm <laughs> lettuce, and wrapping it round. And he fucked hummus? that. And he was like, "You want hummus with your lettuce?" He put the hummus on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah. the mint sauce. Yeah. And he and he did that. And it was like mint. that did Ooh. the job, but it left a lot of mess. And he's looking around the kebab shop. He's looking around, and then his eye catches the massive spit with the elephant's leg meat on. And in his head, he heard the diddle diddle. And he picked it up, and he was in hog's heaven. No, but that's what I mean. To be able to look at that, when it's on the spit, you wouldn't think, ah, the hole at the top and the bottom is about fanny-sized or whatever, would you? You'd have to be the guy. It's just a orifice, isn't it? Yeah, but he gets it out of the van in the morning, and he must have a little sly peek at the top of it when he gets it out of the van. And goes, that's like a fanny. That looks like a fanny where I stick the pole in. It looks like a fanny. Do you know what I mean? So he's he's got. So a he's looking at this throughout the day. He's staring at it, going, "You fucking dirty cough. Fucking you look at all cocktees. that. Oh, oh, it's seeping. It's seeping glam fat out of it. The meat is sweating oh. down that slab, and he's like, "Oh, oh, I'll wait till the shop's closed. You fucking dirty meat slab." <laughs> <laughs> he's Mister Trick because what he should have done is get some way. Make a new hole in it, basically, and then you can get it to yeah. rotate around your dick. You've just got to get in under it, under it, like <laughs> what lie at the bottom. <laughs> yes, you lie no. on, the tr- on the tray, and then you stick it up, and then you get the top bit to rotate, and then you're like, yeah, that's ridiculous. That doesn't work. Automatic donor, automatic donor lover. Oh, I have the robot donor lover scrapies. This was just stage one. <laughs> Stage one of his love sausage machine, where eventually he was going to put like a chop on each side for arms and two sausages for legs and mold breasts out of kebab packs or something and turn it into his kebab shop wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he like sticks in potato head eyes and noses onto it to give it a face and a smile. And he's sitting there going, I love you kebab fuck slab. Imagine going to work and the next day they turn the, 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 all the machinery on and they hunt that slab up and everyone's going... Why does why does this meat smell like my underpants? I know why, it's bad. Why is this weird piss and protein and oh, meat and there's not protein. What's the smell of protein? The spot. <laughs> anyway, pure undiluted protein. Yeah, essence of spoff. <laughs> Right, Paul, that was good, a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I hope he writes in some more ones. Yeah, well done. Well, if you've got any more uh, stories like that, email us, thecheapshow at gmail.com, and we could be laughing at your poor grammar and depressing existence on this podcast. Ketchup cow. That's what it could have been. Ketchup cow. Could have come up with a ketchup cow. Could have been a ketchup cow. Could have been a hot sauce uh, horse. But that's another horse, isn't it? Um, yeah, we've got too many horses in the sauce stable. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say octopus. <laughs> I can. Octosauce. Octopussy sauce. Ooh. 
It's batter. Right, good. Well, we didn't really improve on it. (laughs) I was thinking more like, I don't know, condiment badger. Here comes the condiment badger. Badger's um, one of those words, isn't it? I know, but how many times have we used badger? Never. We'll add one badger. We should have condiment badger. Yeah. Is that our one badger? Patrick the condiment badger. A snuffle snuffle. A snuffle (laughs) snuffle. A snuffle snuffle. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Patrick, are you a feral badger or have you been domesticated somewhat? Well, you know, I used to be feral uh, back in the day. Yeah. But uh, I have been, um, I've been, uh, 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 I've been, um, 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 I can't find the words, can I? um, (laughs) No. Now, can I ask you, Patrick? I've been domesticated. Patrick, Patrick, can I ask you something? Schnaffle, schnaffle. Why do they call you? I can see you're a badger. You've got a lovely tawny pelt, oh. um, uh, a lovely, lovely finish, if I oh. may say so. Thank on you. Your furry, Thank you. It's very slick. It's very slick and inviting. Mm. But uh, why do they call you? I can see you're a badger. That's what I'm. The point I'm making is, I can see you're a badger. You got your little whiskers, got your little claws. Very, near, very obvious a badger. Mm. You like to hold your claws up by your face like that in a very. Oh, aren't I cute? It helps with the snuffling. Aren't I cute? But I, I don't think you are cute. Because I don't think badgers are, because they cause TB in fucking, in our cows and other other foul animals. Paul, Paul, <laughs> I didn't, th- when I came onto this show, I didn't expect to have my character assassinated by well, your co-host. Listen to I'm me. really sorry about this. Listen to Patrick. me, Patrick. I've... I just think Eli st- stepped out of line there. I'm really sorry. It, he's not. Shut up, Paul. He's not usually like Paul, this with you put, guests. Paul, put Patrick back on. I've got a fucking question for him. Yes. Right. Snuffle, snuffle. I am, snuffle, snuffle, snuffle. I am very doubtful about your worth in the long term to this podcast, Patrick, if that is your name. Mr. Silverman. What, how, Mr. Silverman, how are you, may I interrupt? What are your source, may I interrupt? What are your source credentials? Why do they call you a condiment badger? Well, for the past 35 years now, snuffle, snuffle, I've been collecting, maintaining and running a source empire no. On the south coast of England, yes. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And I have a, a massive warehouse where I make, distribute, and buy in sources from around the world. Snuffle, snuffle, snuffle. Okay. Well, we'll be seeing you again then, I suppose, one day. Eli, as a friendly gesture, yes. snuffle, snuffle, snuffle. Yeah. I've brought you... Patrick. The golden Thailand asquesos sauce, which is so rare, yes. for it is made of the tears of an right. elk. It's elk tear sauce. I've heard of this. I've already got some. No, I've got some. Have you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, with... uh, I've got this sauce. I've got this sauce. What's this it sauce? Is a, uh, What's the next it one? It's a very rare Floridian yeah. smoked barbecue hickory coffee sauce made uh, from an ancient Indian recipe. Mm, snuffle, snuffle, snuffle. Ancient Indian as in what? Native American? It's a bit vague, I'll be honest with you. Well, that was very problematic. Are you a problematic condiment badger, Patrick? Eli, yes. would you like a blood diamond? I'll get you one. Right, you, you're that kind of badger, are you? I thought so. You're a deeply problematic and compromised capitalist Eli. source badger. Who's trying to, why are you trying to get on the show? Eli? Yes. Eli? <laughs> yes, Patrick. Go. I have a special source. Oh, yeah? How is that produced? A very... I make it myself. Okay. Because <laughs> I am Uncle Grumbly. All right, this fuck is my off, new Grumbly. Empire. No, fuck off, Grumbly. Oh, I knew it was Grumbly. No. I knew Come I didn't. On. No, Grumbly, oh, if you want mate, something to do. You've made a show with you me. Can go... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eli. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm just trying to go legit. Go legit. Don't sell shit. Grumbly, if you want to go yeah. to the WC, the toilet, the back of the podcast, I've I've totally yeah. clogged it with a huge chod. Do you want to eat that? Oh. Go and eat that. And me without my ladle. I'm off. Say no more. Yeah. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. I'm sorry Uncle about that, Grumbly. Eli. I thought he was a legitimate character. I thought Patrick, the, the condiment badger, was yeah, a, turns was, out it was Uncle Grumbly. Was I'm a, sorry, mate. I could smell something was up. Anyway, apologies aside, Eli, it is now time to do this section of the show, which is um, one of our dollop-esque sections, which we haven't done in a, in a real while, have we? Can I, I? Do I have to respond to that? That's a terrible thing for me to have to respond to. I can either, Why do you it's course, a yes, it's no, just fuck, called banter. It's a yes, it's not banter. You're closing banter down. You're giving me a yes, no, haven't we? Yes, no. It doesn't make a shit fuck a load of difference what I fucking say. Fuck no, it doesn't. <laughs> fuck a luck a chuck a ding dong. I could say. I thought you might have said 
Oh, yes, Paul. And it's been such a long while, I'm looking forward to this one. I can't wait. Something like that. Why do I have to constantly fucking lick your ass all the time? Yes, Paul. It's been so long. Ooh, agree with Paul. Just read the story and I'll fucking do a stupid voice. Right. Pulling the flaps open on the mechanics of the cheap show pod. <laughs> it's like that. It's like the mechanical object that I, I surmised would be the vice for the sheep's arsehole. Same. Yes, same, we're all the, aware. Mechanical flap opener. Sheep size mechanical flap opener. I'm moving on. You can do what you want. I'm going to carry on with this segment. Sorry, you carry on, Paul. Sorry. I'm sorry, mate. Yes. So. To answer your question, yes. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yes. To answer your question, yes, it has been a long time since we did a dollar-esque story. Yes, it has, Paul. Please. I'm looking well, forward I to it. I, I don't <laughs> care about your opinion. So who gives a fuck? All right. So, people who watch the Digitizer channel with uh, Mr. Biffo uh, may remember before Christmas, Eli, myself, and his good uh, lady wife, Sanya, and Biffo went on a ghost hunt. And we tried to look for the ghost of a man called Daniel Dancer. Who is that guy? He is Daniel Dancer. See, for years I thought the song was, I wonder why. He's the greatest dancer. That's what I thought it was. It is. But they also say, who is that guy? Yeah, I think they say both. So we went looking for a ghost of Daniel Dancer in the woods and a merry time was had by all, I seem to remember. It was a lot of lot of fun. Anyway, it's time for us to read a story about the man in question because I think all the facts were a bit lost in that episode of Digi. So I thought, let's go through the life of Daniel Dancer. And he was a famous miser. That's all I really know. Yes. Biffo says he was one of the influencers of uh, influencers on the character of Scrooge. But as we've seen in the past with uh, John Meggett, there might have been a few people around that time who were all largely tight-fisted. Much like um, Citizen Kane, uh, who they say was based on sort of one person, but he was a bit of an amalgamation of sort of... It was Hearst, but it was also a bit sort of Rockefeller and other people, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was taking an attack of those kind of millionaires at the time, those kind of media moguls, wasn't it? Yeah, so in a similar way, Dickens maybe, you know, used more than one as the um, inspiration for his... Uh, for. Scrooge. And, you know, it was apparently all the rage in the 1700s, just being a tight-fisted, crazy person. I know, it's so weird. That was what, that was like their um, their big brother or whatever, wasn't it? Like, misers. It was, it was weird. Misers. What would be good if you got all the classic misers onto an actual reality TV show, like misers on an island, and you give them, you yeah. give them one P or something. I'm a misanthrope, get me out of here. Hollywood misers of the 17th century. Misers wives. <laughs> <laughs> real real misers wives <laughs> yeah. of Walthamstow yeah. that's good keep it classy nice. but he is from Walthamstow dancer isn't he no he's from up Harrowway yeah Harrowway so let's get into it hold me closer Daniel Dancer here we go born 1716 died 1794 so what's that that's a good 80 odd, that's 70 odd years of his pretty life pretty good for that uh, time period but they they're very um, misers are good survivors aren't they are they though because you think with their shit diet. Yeah, but they go on. That's the whole point. They 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 can sustain themselves on rotten lamb and half fishes that uh, they find fa- like cockroaches. Yeah, that they find by they're hardy and they must get a hard a hard uh, covering of filth under their clothes. A rind. a rind of filth as well, you know. And that probably is a good protection. Kind of protective dusting yes. of filth. Yeah. Protective rind. Daniel Dancer, his grandfather and father were both noted in their time as misers as well, and are only less famous because their accumulation of wealth was less. Daniel was the eldest of four children and inherited the whole family estate, 80 acres of rich meadowland and an adjoining farm. And where is this? Do we know? Plumstead, around northwest London area. I think it's just north London. It doesn't. He, I got these notes off Biffo, okay. so obviously he's just gone for the juicy stuff and not really gone into the fine detail. Okay. So we can blame him right. for the poor research, and how dare he? But when your father and your grandfather are misers, why do they... This is going to sound weird, but why do they procreate? You'd think one of the things they don't want to do is expend money on kids, unless they just want to hand something off. No, they do. Often they do want to. And then, you know, they have a favoured child who they decide has to... Depending on their level of narcissism they have to sometime accept that they will die do you know what i mean but oh. if they're a proper narcissist then you don't even accept that you're going to die you somehow think you're exempt from it because you're so special like me well and me we're both both of us i'll, I'll let you not die we are both you know not not as much as you but i am just as eternal as you are yeah, i got special spunkies from god on my uh on my... right great what a waste <laughs> you had a great moment to come up with something else there 
The sister of this singular character was as miserly as himself. So his sister and Daniel were very miserly, and their habit and inclination were so harmonised that after the death of their parents, they always lived together and strove during the whole of their lives to rival each other in their mode of scraping up and saving money. Wow, this is this could be a movie. Him and his sister, War of the Misers, or... Um, Miser Wars. You know how um, incest is really big in the porn world at the moment? No, Eli, I don't know that. And why do you? If you could combine that with miser, miser incest porn. How would you get across the miser part? Well, you could have them all in, in like rotting clothing with fish sticking out their pockets and fannies, maybe. Or How about this? You're a miser, so you don't give them a money shot at the end. No. You, you save it like Sting. You do a tantric save. In your ball bag bank. You do a reverse wank on the shaft to push it back down into the sack. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Push it back down. I do that all the time. You'd have to put a bulldog clip at the end and just kind of force it down the oh. tube like you're piping icing onto a cake. <laughs> but you're right, you're not. You're trying to get stop it going on the cake, aren't you? Anti-icing. It's like one of those, uh, those baker's icing things, but in reverse, if you reverse the film. And so what happens? Your body absorbs it back into the body and then you sweat out that mass. Oh, you keep that protein for yourself because you're a miser, don't you? Selfish. How do we get to that point? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, His sister was a miser as well. And they were trying to outdo each other with how tight-fisted and scrimpy savvy they could be. Yeah, it's like, I spent nothing today. Well, I spent nothing as well. Two sugars in my tea. Two sugars? Daniel? Um, Oh, no sugars. Tea, Daniel? All right, no fucking tea as well. Yeah. All right, we won't fucking have any fun. Well, I will give you a blowy. <laughs> Go on. Here, Christ. <laughs> Sorry. I thought we might be able to dance around right. the idea of incest. No, I, I brought it up as soon as I heard that they lived together after, you know, like yeah. for their whole lives. Come on. It was a trope. It is a trope, isn't it? It's a gothic sort of horror trope. And a, a popular genre of porn now, apparently. Move on. So Daniel only took one meal a day which consisted invariably of a little baked meat and a whole board dumpling, a sufficient quantity of which would last him the week and was prepared every Saturday night. So every Saturday, he would make just enough meat, boiled dumplings to get him through the week. How long do you have to boil a dumpling for it to go hard? It's a hard-boiled dumpling. And a dumpling, I think those dumplings are just like those those sort of balls of suet, you know, like you get in like old-school yeah. soups. They're not like a dumpling, like a Chinese dumpling, which would have a... You know, a filling. It's it's just a it's just a lump of lump of dough with suet in suet. Paul, yeah. they use suet in those dumplings. Yeah. Su- yes. Suet. <laughs> I know you found the word suet enjoyable to say. <laughs> Little mini tranche of suet there. <laughs> <laughs> you use so many weird words. Sometimes your sentences sound French. Oh, a little mini tranche of suet. I was like, oh, professor. <laughs> Go on. I'm I'm liking this story, by the way. His clothing consisted mainly of hay bands which was swathed around his feet for boots and round his body for a coat. But it was his habit to purchase one new shirt every year. Well, So he effectively spent the whole year looking like a scarecrow. Paul, I mean, he's doing better than I, I have over the last year. I've bought less than one shirt. No, you could do with some hay. I could do with some shirts, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and a wash and a clean. No, clean your room. I, clean your I room. I was doing it today. What does that entail? By the way, I'm doing these, uh, these uh, space monkeys. What are they called? Why you bought space monkeys? Sea monkeys. But they're in space. Oh, yeah, sea monkeys. Why have you got sea monkeys? Wait, you bought those months ago. I know, I'm going to do them. Not do them, I'm going to make them. I'm going to greet... Uh... You're going to have sex with sea monkeys. I'm going to breed them. You're going to breed with them? No, I'm going to breed their... You have to start somewhere. So what, there's go... you're going to make little Eli monkeys that float around in the glass and go... <laughs> I think it'll be an exciting project that I can give to, you know, updates on how the monkeys are doing to the listeners. That's all. Yeah, film it. Film little videos on your phone of you making sea monkeys and then splashing your flaccid cock end around in the briny mix. My cock's got not going near these monkeys, man. No. Officer. They wouldn't, you can't, they're not bees. <laughs> Bee monkeys. <laughs> ah, that's good, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Daniel was his own tailor, and if he was not particularly happy in the style and cut of his garments, he at least displayed considerable ingenuity in the way of patching, repairing, and contriving clothing. Basically, he says he, his coat looked like Jason's coat of many colours. Yes. It was like a patchwork mess of all sorts of pieces cobbled together. Yes. He, he collected the fragments of texture from the street raked out from dust heaps 
or from bins. His lower garments were of the most unmentionable description and would have totally disordered the nerves of any Scotsman. What does that mean? They were all hanging with lot of clodded, clodded clumps of of fecus all just sort of dripping off and that his willy probably sticking through and it's got a rind dangling down and it's probably got a rind on it like two inches thick and it's all it's all striated with like a, a gooey layer near near his actual cock but it gets harder and harder but it's all different different shades of yellow this Eli this we need to get you laid <laughs> soon because <laughs> the frustration certainly on your face <laughs> no, when you're describing I'm all that I'm just describing what would happen to a guy's junk if he was a miser from the 1700s you have got an obsession today with rhymes <laughs> and I don't like it no but how would you say why is it unmentionable and would make a Scotsman uh, blush or whatever are they suggesting that like he almost had a kilt made of hay and tatters. I think you could... Maybe that's what they're suggesting. I think he was flashing bollock. Daniel Dancer dressed in tatters, right? But Scotsman, like mints and tatters. Tatties. Hey! <laughs> oh, good, very good. Mints and tatties. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. Dancer was also very scrupulous in her attire. Her neighbours observed that she had the appearance of a walking dunghill than one of the fair sex. Oh. You know, that Mrs. Dancer... She's a pretty lady, but fuck me, does she dress like a pig? No, it's not. Fuck me. Oh. Meanwhile, they're dressed in fucking potato sacks with fucking straw coming out of their teeth and go, Durr! No, they're not. But look, she they said like a walking dunghill. Imagine how, I'm sorry, I have to say it, how rindy she must have been. She must have been <laughs> <laughs> hermetically sealed, like a big sort of globular hard-shelled glob of rind. She's a rhinestone cowgirl. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Here she comes riding. <laughs> she's riding round the ranch with her crusty rind. She's going to crusty rind and she's going to blind. She's weeping out her crusty rind. Yeah? You stopped. <laughs> it was really bad. Worse than normal. So, <laughs> she's dressing around. The neighbours have apparently got a problem because she doesn't dress like a lady. And I'm going to argue they both smell like yeah, shit. Yeah, they must smell in ways that we can't even fathom. Coming from the Fathom. coming from the the modern era, we can't even know how bad. Because think about how bad, like the background smell of everything was in those years. Do you know what I mean? There's shit in the street. Yeah. You know, no one's deodorising. Everything must smell pretty bad. That's your baseline. That's your baseline. You don't have hot and cold water. That's your baseline. Background smell is unmen- un unspeakably bad. And then they they yeah. they have the temerity. To stink even worse than the background smell, so people notice it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That must be something else. Something that we've never even experienced anything like. Oh, Daniel Dancer's just walked in. Oh, quick, someone get me a dog shit to sniff <laughs> yeah, on, just so I don't exactly. have to smell him. God. Yeah, exactly. How about you smell my unwashed gusset? Just oh, while Daniel Dancer's oh, in the room. Mate. Yeah, please. Oh, breath of fresh mate, air. Uh, mate, can you do us a favour? Like, Daniel Dancer's sister just came in. Shit in my mouth, will you? Shit right in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, please. <laughs> Is it going to be a runny one? Oh, even better. Yeah, go on. Straight in. Squirt it right in. Straight in. Oh, here we go. Daniel Dancer rarely washed his face and hands because, as he said, soap was expensive, towels would wear out, and cost money to cleanse when dirty. It is said, however, that to avoid the inconvenience arising from too great accumulation of filth, he would once a week, in the summertime, go to a neighbour's pond and wash himself there with sand and then lie on the bank to dry his skin by basking in the sunshine. What a total weirdo. he's washing like a hippo. Weirdo. So he de-rinds, at least he de-rinds once a week, you know. Once a week in the summer if the weather's nice. Meanwhile, you've got Carol and Bob, and Carol's like, Bob, yeah, love? Yeah, come here. Oh, what? Come here and just look. All right, what is it? Oh, he's in the fucking pond again. (laughs) Have you told him you can't do it? Oh, I am Daniel Dancer. Oh, I'm scrubbed myself. I've told him. I've told him, but he just ignores me. Oh, we can't have him washing himself in the sand like that, darling. It looks bad. Who is that guy? It's me. I am Daniel Dancer. I'm scrubbing. Excuse me. What? Daniel? Yeah? Danny, mate? Yeah. What? I've told you before, you can't wash here. Oh, go on. No, you're frightening my kids. Oh, go on. Carol, should we just one more time? Oh, yes. Who is that guy? It is me, Daniel Dancer. I'm leaving you, Bob. You can't stand up for anyone and you can't stand up for me. You're a horrible husband and you're a gutless shit. I'm leaving you. 
Thanks, Daniel. Oh, my kids are gone as well. What? Oh, I've lost the farm. Oh. All because I let you wash in my pond. That's right. I am Daniel Dancer. <laughs> now, Paul, what did occur to me is he said it says he used sand to scrape, uh, to get all the scrapey action on his rind. Yeah. Um, what if there was some frog spawn in there at the time? Then he could mi- yeah. he mix that with the sand and he's got like a, a L'Oreal exfoliating scrub. That's true. Yeah. He could make it in. Yeah, no, like those micro pearls you get in those posh yeah. ones. Yeah. Frog spawn and sand. Yeah, I bet you can go to fucking Knightsbridge and get that for about £5,000. Bit of class class war on the cheap show. Uh, so one morning, as Daniel Dancer was taking his usual walk upon the common to pick up bone sticks or any other bits of rags or matter that might go towards repairing his clothes, he found a sheep that had apparently died from a natural disease. And in a putrid state, he took it up and bore it home on his shoulders. The sheep was immediately skinned and cut up. The fat was laid aside, and with the meat, Miss Dancer made some pies. Oh, yeah. Special rotten sheep pie. Oh, can you imagine the smell of that? How'd you get two putrid sheep pies? (laughs) I don't know why I thought singing the Sesame Street theme to that worked. Can you tell me how to get how to get to putrid meat pies? Paul, imagine the smell of that though, because you know, like lamb is very lamby. The oily lamb is very yeah. mutton. I bet it was an old muttony, greased mutton grease. It was a sheep on it, so yeah, disgusting, greasy. It was probably greasy, yeah. disgusting, greasy, and probably stunk a little bit of pipes. Yeah, Ugh. the miser's only dealing with others arose from his sale of his hay. He was seldom seen except for when he was out gathering logs of wood from the common, any old iron, or sheep's dung from under the hedges. What do you mean, any old iron? Well, apparently the only money he made was stuff he'd find about and flog on and he wouldn't deal with anyone. Apparently he had all these acres of land, but he refused to grow anything on it because he didn't want to pay for the labour labour costs. You said any old iron, though, like in that song. That's what it says down here. You know, that's obviously where the phrase comes from. Well, has he got any old iron on his... On his acres. Um, he's just got scrap lying around, apparently. Oh, to prevent theft, he fastened his door up and got into his house through the upper window. <laughs> <laughs> to ascend which, he made use of a ladder and then drew it up afterwards. Great. <laughs> Classic miser. But why? He fastened the door up and got into the house with the window. So what, he fastened... He didn't have to pay for a proper lock. he'd have to lock it from the outside then, no, right? No, he didn't, he didn't have to... He didn't want to pay for a lock, so it's just permanently... Oh, it's permanently sealed yeah. up. So rather than pay for a key and a lock, he just thought he'd get a, a ladder and... He'd just climb in. Put it up against his yeah. window. Weirdo. Imagine him creeping around. So, Mr. Dancer concealed his treasure where he thought no one would ever see it. Banknotes were usually deposited with spiders, and he hid amongst the cobwebs in his cowhouse. The guineas in holes in the chimney and around the fireplace covered in soot and ashes. And this is what Eggers did, whatever his name is. The miser we talked about a few years ago, where he would Maggot. put the money in holes under the floor or in the walls. Yeah, it's a miser move, isn't it? Yeah, hiding money around the put place. Put it in some shit. Dancer, yeah, of course you could. Except, you know, the mistake went, you know, you pop round and someone uses one of their shits as like a Vicks vapor rub so they don't have to sniff your odour <laughs> and they find a hundred pounds. <laughs> That'd be good if you found a hundred pounds in It'd your be shit, great. wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if there's a good question, if someone said to you there are five big dog eggs in front of you, oh. nice big thick beasts, but inside one is a check for a million pound and the only way you can find out is if you take a bite from the middle of each one to find the check would you do it? No of course I would not who's telling me this? I don't trust them Chris Tarrant and what's this on his new show who wants to eat dog shit for a million quid? (laughs) (laughs) No I haven't got enough of a story to get on that show. Daniel Dancer engaged in the services of a servant called Griffiths whose manner of living was as penurious as his own Penurious, P-E-N-U-R-I-O-U-S. Penurious. It's like penury is is poverty, isn't it? Penury is... Oh, another tight-fisted guy. The two lived together in the tumble-down house until Daniel's death. Where's his sister? In the same house, I'd imagine. So we got another guy in. Just in in a different part of it. Got another guy in. What were they doing? I think they were lovers. It was spit roast. Oh. Sister likes it when I'm in charge of the mouth. Oh. You can take the back end, Griffith. (laughs) All right, we went there. Good. Oh, no. 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 (laughs) No. Why do I find that funny? That's terrible. 
I don't know. So, the servant indulged in his taste for strong beer, a liquor which Daniel Dancer carefully avoided as it cost money, but Griffiths would tipple a little bit, which was the cause of much altercation. So basically, Griffith was sitting around the house getting pissed yeah. all day, while Daniel Dancer would say, I'm not touching the stuff because it costs me money. Yeah, so it's, it's funny because it's not like he has any objection to it on sort of moral grounds, you know, of being dr- a drunk. It's the fact that it it's a resource. That's what he objects to, not the... It's not like the getting pissed. It's just the, it's a resource. It's an expenditure. Yeah. Although apparently here it says Griffith usually turned up on the door after a day away with like bags full of bones, some of which he found on the field, some of which had flesh on them, <laughs> which he would bring to quieten his master's anger for getting pissed. So he'd be like, I've been out. Oh, what have you I've got? I've out, mate. I'm oh, sorry what, for being a pisser. You've been head. drinking, wasting money again, Griffith. I've told you. You won't. Mate. I'm not going to let you double team my sister if you keep on like this. Oh, now, what have you I'll got? I'll give you a bag of bones. All right. Look at this. Oh, what's written here? Look at that. Look. Oh. Chicka, 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 chicka. Bag of bones. What's, Look at that. What's in there? There's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of skull. Oh, there's a little a bit of flesh oh, on. What's that? A little bit of, oh, what's a little bit of sinew there? There's, there's a little bit, bit of a oh, intestine. No, there. You see that oh, intestine, oh, sir? Yeah, have that. I'll just have this. Right, here you go. Yeah, have that. Eat it. Eat it while I get pissed and fuck your sister's punk hole. Oh, I think I'm taking me the lunch again, Mr. Business. Right. Is that the end of the story? (laughs) (laughs) Nearly. Um, He had a dog as well. Daniel had a dog called Bob. Who is that dog? He is Daniel Dancers. Dancers. (laughs) (laughs) He allowed his dog to have a pint of milk every day. What? The dog's going to die. You shouldn't give milk to a dog. No, I know. But, you know, he spoiled his dog, apparently, within within reason. Uh. Uh, However... A complaint was made about Bob the dog because it was worrying the neighbour's sheep. Oh, yeah. So Bob took the dog to his uh, shed and filed all the dog's teeth down. You mean Daniel did? Daniel took Bob to the shed to file his nails down. Yeah. It would have been easy just to give the dog a toffee and then it's not going to bother anyone's sheep, is it? It's just gone. Yeah, but then... But the toffee would be would go. The toffee would dissolve. Is it an everlasting Just toffee? Just put another one in. Is it an everlasting toffee? It's an everlasting toffee, and eventually the dog's jaw gets tired and it can't bite anything. You could put anything in a dog's mouth at that point. Poor dog. Just let the dog die. God. So in nineteen in 1794, during the illness that terminated his life, Lady Tempest, who was an, a, a nearby uh, acquaintance of the dancers, mm. turned up. And apparently Daniel Dancer liked to sleep in a potato sack, which, as we all remember, Biffo recreated in our yes. Ghost Hunt And episode. I remember we were looking for the um, spirit of Lady Tempest as well. Well, any we? of them? Bob, Daniel, Griffith? Or Lady Tempest, yeah. He was ill in 1974. Lady Tempest came round and found him lying in an old sack, which came up to his chin, with his head wrapped up in pieces of the same materials, uh, like his rags, but it looked like a giant beehive on his head. Mm. Basically, she said to him, what are you doing? Get off the ground, you fucking idiot. And he said that being a poor man, he couldn't afford a better place to sleep. And having come into the world without a shirt, he was determined to go out in the same manner. So Lady Tempest then requested to have a pillow brought in to raise his head, which he refused, but ordered Griffith to bring him some trash out the bin to use as a pillow instead. And then he died. He was extremely devoted in an almost religious way to being a miser. It goes past just wanting to save money, doesn't it? Into a sort of almost religious zealotry, a sort of worshipping thriftiness. But it's got to be some kind of social, mental thing because like it's been imposed upon them by their father yeah. which was imposed upon him by the grandfather so there's a whole kind of indoctrination to that lifestyle of having all this money but living in poverty and what is going on there is it like the fear of having no money it is and i think that's that's incalculated into people uh, in early life you get misers in that time period because life was a lot yeah. harder for people and resources were scarce yeah but he's he it looks like there his distaste of of waste, even it goes. To, he he projects it to other people as well, doesn't he? It's like have one of my pillows. No, no, yeah. I don't want you to waste the money on the pillow. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He, so he wasn't he wasn't like a narcissist. Like he wasn't it wasn't just about you know he wasn't a Scrooge McDuck. Like he just wanted it all. 
for himself. He he, he seemed yeah. to object to anyone, you know, consuming anything ever. There's a sense of, yeah, when, when someone offers you a pillow for your deathbed sack in the woods and you turn that down, that's a matter of some kind of weird yes, pride. Yes, that's what I mean. That is that detail that makes you think he was like, just crazy. No, but yeah, you know, unhinged yeah. in, a, in a way that doesn't benefit anyone around no. who lives anywhere near him. It doesn't say, though, if the sister died first or if Griffiths died first or whatever. But I do wonder if when he popped off, Griffith just looked at the sister and went, I'm taking both holes tonight. (laughs) No, then she goes, no, I'm taking both holes tonight. And he's like, (laughs) well, Daniel Dancer, wherever you are, I hope you're resting in a sack well. Maybe they're all up in heaven now. Lady Tempest, Bob the dog, Griffith, Daniel Dancer and his sister. Maybe they're all up in heaven having a lovely time or they're all haunting the woods for stupid dickheads like me, you, Biffo and Sanya to go and shout. Someone fired a gun. It was tree spirits what we were experiencing up there tell you that now so if you want to see our ghost hunt uh, of us mucking about in the woods looking for Daniel Dancer's ghost you can check it on the Digitizer channel on YouTube it's very funny and I'm the best one in it yes I am that's you me you didn't even want to do it because you were having a little wobble <laughs> I was I was having a really dark day <laughs> yeah. that day I had a burger on the way to the shoot and the guy put instead of any other salad he just put discs of cucumber in a cheeseburger a whole a whole wedge of them can you imagine it was a nasty Really cucumbery cheeseburger. On the bright side, mate, you didn't order a doner kebab from no. the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. And that's it. That's all we have time for this week on the Cheap Show podcast. Join us next week for more fun in games. Eli, it's time for me to do the admin. Okay, go on. Get your broom out. Do a bit of admin. Housekeeping. So here's the admin time. If you want to see pictures or videos that accompany this episode, you can go to our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. It's a one-stop shop where you can see videos. You can also link to our Patreon there, which is patreon.com forward slash cheapshow. We have an official Cheap Show merch page now where you can get logos and a special art for your mugs and T-shirts. Eli's promised to do something special for it, haven't you? I think I might do a sort of uh, a logo in my own inimitable style. I'd love that. You can go there. You can also get a link to Tony's Cheap Show merch page as well. If you want to have any of the characters and weird wacky drawings based on our podcast on your chest, you can buy them there. Event has reopened the Cheap Show magazine shop, so you can now order physical editions of the patron-exclusive Cheap Show magazine. And if you can and you'd like to post us something for the show, you can send it to our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 1309 Harrow HA19Q. Jay, we're on social media, which is uh, at the Cheap Show Pod. I'm at Paul Gannon Show, and Eli is Eli Snoid, E L I S N O I D. And that's basically it in a nutshell. You can find us on Facebook and Tumblr, on Instagram. Just look for Cheap Show or Cheap Show Pod. You'll probably find it eventually. And thank you again to all our Patreon supporters who continue to support our podcast and keep the dream alive. So thank you, you lovely people. Again, patreon.com forward slash Cheap Show. And that's it. We're done this week, sir. We're done. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I've rubbed my beard. Uh-huh. Any final thoughts? Anything uh, you want to say? A scrofflafacus, scrudgel mcluxulous. <laughs> so no then. Great, great. <laughs> Take care, no, everyone. Paul. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, bye, bye everyone. Bye.